Our dear friends in Christ, many of us today are very protective of our personal data, our photos, our, our computer files, our identities. And with good reason, because there are many scams out there, aren't there? There are many people, there are many entities out there that would like to steal our identity, that would like to misuse our personal information or our photos in some way. Look at the concern in which we take care of our $800 or $1,100 smartphones, our tablets and laptops that we have. And for those of us that work on those devices, there's things that we create, right? We, we put our pictures on them, we take pictures with them, we create photo albums, we may work on our devices for our studio or work projects. And to avoid that creepy feeling that many, many of us have had, where if you fail to properly protect or back up what you're working on or your photos, if you don't do that to, let's say, the iCloud or the external hard drive, what happens? Your device crashes and you lose everything, right, that you created. Now, just imagine how God, the creator of the universe, is. Of all the things that he has made, as I talked a few minutes ago with the kids, the greatest thing that he has made, the crown of his creation, the thing that was made in his image, you and me, how do you think you feel when human life is destroyed? When human life is not accepted? When human life is not valued? And that's one of the reasons I believe God gave us the fifth commandment. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, God says, You shall not murder. As we continue today in our spring sermon series on the Ten Commandments titled God's Relationship Roadmap, today we're going to look at the fifth commandment and what it really means to value human life. Now, the fifth commandment falls within what we often call for teaching purposes the second table of the law. If you look at the Ten Commandments that are handed down by God via uh, Moses, it's recorded in the book of Exodus to you and me today. Often the first three commandments uh, are placed on what we call the first table of the law. Uh, that deals with a vertical relationship. That means that first deals with a relationship with the big God, with God. And those first three commandments, you shall have no other gods but me. You shall respect the name of the Lord your God. And you shall remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. They have this in common. They all deal with our relationship with God. And then the second table of the law, commandments 4 through 10, deal with our horizontal relationships in life, our relationships with other people. For example, Sean talked about one of those two weekends, two weekends ago when he talked about the fourth commandment and our relationship with parents. And in the remainder of the series, Pastor Davis touched down several commandments from the first table of the law. We're going to be looking at some of the rest of the commandments of that second table of the law. Commandments such as respecting the institution of marriage, the property of others, the good name of other people, not to covet and today, looking at the fifth commandment. What does it mean to not murder and value human life? So as we dig in a little deeper today into the fifth commandment and the value of human life, the first biblical key I'd like us to focus on is that life is indeed precious. It is a gift from God. Human life is God's creation. Human life is God's idea. It's not a biological or cosmological accident. Martin Luther, writing about 500 years ago, as recorded in the small catechism, said this, as he sought to explain a little bit more how God desires to protect life in the fifth commandment. 
He wrote, We should fear and love God that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and befriend him in every bodily need. Now think for a moment if it's time to get help. And if you've been in a position and it's time to a position, let's say to look at a new car. You want to buy or lease a new car. It might be one of the big three or Toyota or Honda. Typically, when you're ready to buy or lease a car, cars now come with some kind of warranty, don't they? Some kind of protection package. Some type of statement of value by that auto manufacturer saying to you and me as the potential buyer or leasing, we stand behind and value our product. And so there is protection, at least typically, right, for the first three years or 36,000 miles, right, until it comes first. But many times, defects and breakdowns, issues, and sometimes even preventative maintenance is included in that limited protection of three years or 36,000 miles. Well, similarly, but better, God desires such a protection plan for each and every one of us in each and every life. And it goes beyond just our first three years or our first 36,000 miles in our life, whichever has come first. Some of us will probably hit that point. He desires protection for the entire lifespan, from womb to tomb. And that is captured so well in so many places in Scripture, including Psalm 139, the Psalm of David. David writes, beginning at verse 13, For you killed my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. God has protected life even before it is born. Life begins at conception, and we need to acknowledge that life begins at conception. And our awesome God has a plan and a purpose for every life from the moment of conception on. The fifth commandment calls us today to value life for the whole continuum, to value life for that unborn fetus that's nine days or nine weeks old inside a mother, to someone who is just celebrating their 99th birthday on this planet and continues to serve the Lord each and every day with every breath they have. Secondly, as we look at the fifth commandment and a deeper understanding of the value of life, our second biblical key is that the value of people, the value of a person, the value of life does not depend on a lot of factors, such as the value of a person. The value of life does not depend, for example, on one's ability. The value of a person is not based on how intelligent they are, or how athletic, or musical, or artistic they are, or aren't. It's not based on any gift or ability or deficit or challenge that that person has. Each life is intrinsically valuable created by God in His image from the beginning, and as David records, fearfully and wonderfully made. Secondly, the value of people, the value of human life does not depend upon how society may deem a life as being useful or not useful. To that end, I was reading an article the other day, just a year for parents and grandparents of, of the young people to try to you know, as you raise, as you try to influence, to inculcate, to inspire them to have a respect for life, a healthy, biblical respect for life across the continuum, which is being challenged at times in our society. But I think these are 
structure that is really referred to as eight fifth commandment values. And I think it's helpful for us to remember as we interact with all people every day in our lives. And I'd like to share those with you. The first of the eight fifth commandment values is that God created all life. And hence, every life counts. All life matters. Second, every person is important regardless of their age, their shade, their size, their talents, or their needs. Third, where it's safe and appropriate in this world to try to instill in our young people and remind ourselves to take advantage of the opportunity to be the hands of Peter Jesus and be willing to reach out and help somebody. A life that is in need. A fourth, fifth commandment value is that a person's value is not based on what we can get out of he or she, what he or she can give us. Fifth, life isn't all about me. That's a good reminder for all of us, right? We live in a world that increasingly wants us to think it's all about me. Fifth, family is important. Even the most challenging family member, we all have them, right? Somewhere in our extended family. Every family member, so to speak, has a table, a seat of value at that family. Number seven, children are, all children are gifts from God. And finally, the eighth fifth commandment value that Jesus calls us as we live out our lives to seek to have a heart that would be unselfish, that would have concern and compassion and seek justice for all lives. Thirdly, the value of people, the value of a life, does not depend upon the latest public opinion poll or necessarily the current law of the land or the latest Supreme Court case. We live in a time, we live in a world where we have practiced euthanasia, abortion, infanticide and genocide in parts of the world. And if you look at the history of world civilization, all four of those at times have been practiced or legal in the history of the world. For example, in ancient Greece, infants were left on hillsides to either be adopted or die of exposure. In the Roman Empire, fathers had life and death power over their children. And in our own blessed United States of America over the last couple months, we have seen various state legislatures consider or pass bills on the one hand seeking to protect life, for example, protecting life from the moment of a heartbeat on, but on the other hand, some state legislatures considering the passing bills that would allow for abortions up to the time of delivery or even beyond. It is the fifth commandment and the entirety of God's Word. God's Word determines the value of life, not one's ability, not how society would deem a life useful or not useful, or again, not necessarily the popular public opinion or law of the land. Thirdly, today, if we really take the heart what God wants and what He intends in the fifth commandment when He says, Do not kill, and how do we value life? I think we need to take a moment to be a little self-introspective and think, how are we doing as we interact with our fellow human man each and every day regarding life? And what I'm going to say next, I invite you to listen to carefully. Because I do believe that Scripture calls us to be pro-life in the truest sense of that phrase, where it's more than just a stand on the question of abortion, which is important. Abortion is a serious issue. Abortion is the leading cause of death in this world, hands down, it's not even close. The second leading cause of death is not even close. 
but it goes beyond the concern about abortion to all life as well. To have biblically speaking a heart for the importance and the sanctity of all life that we would seek to protect and sustain all life in all stages. Yes, it involves being concerned about issues today. Yes, some of the horrific murder rates that are present in some of our cities. And yes, the issue of abortion and euthanasia, but it goes beyond that. A fifth commandment view of the respect of life has a caring concern for people that are being abused, that live in horrible abusive situations. To have a heart for people that live in poverty. To be concerned about issues that deal with the survival of life, the sanctity of life, such as human trafficking. To have a caring concern for kids who are neglected. Respect for the most aged of our society. To have a heart for those with special needs, who have special challenges, who are vulnerable in some way in this culture that sometimes doesn't always respect all life. To realize there are some harmful elements out there in society and the world that seek to devalue and cheapen and harm human life. Living out the value of the fifth commandment in terms of the sanctity of human life involves caring, concern, and respect for all lives and all people. Means having hearts for people of all ages, and all races, and all personalities, and all cultural backgrounds, any stage or age of life, from those who may be so vulnerable that they're in the womb at a matter of five weeks, eight weeks, to twenty-four weeks, to those who may be living and are vulnerable on the other end of the spectrum of life, who may be living out their last days in a nursing facility, or in hospice, or suffering from the end stages and the ravages of Alzheimer's. Jesus took the nails on that cross on Good Friday for every life created, every life born with a born. What Jesus did on the cross really is the ultimate act of value in life, right? He loved, he loved life and every person so much that he would go to that cross and take our place. And in response to that ultimate act of value in life, I believe God calls us, biblically speaking, to be pro-life, having a concern in the broadest sense of the meaning that we would respect the sanctity of all life for the cradle to grow. Now, once in a counseling situation, it wasn't here at uh, St. Michael, it was at another church, someone came to see me, and I'll say his name with you, so that's the answer. They came in, and he started off his conversation with me by saying, you know, Tim, um, I think I've broken seven of the Ten Commandments in my life. I thought, hmm, okay. Now, I naturally thought, I wonder which three he wasn't thinking of, but I didn't, didn't verbalize it. But we had a good talk, but it became germane during the course of this discussion, to ask him that. So I very sensitively asked him that. So Steve, I'm curious, what three commandments do you think maybe you haven't broken? He knew his commandments well, and he was happy to talk to you. Oh, five, six, and seven. He said the fifth commandment. He said, I've never killed anybody. I'm, I haven't murdered. Now, there's some people out there that really annoy me that I like to wring their necks, but I've never killed anybody. Okay. He said the sixth commandment. I've never committed adultery. I've never had an affair in my life. And he said, well, but I am a guy, I have eyes in my head, and I look, but never ask it. My wife would kill me. I said, well, I'll do the fifth commandment. Okay. <laughs> and then he said the seventh commandment. I've never stolen. He said, I don't even think I'd swipe a pack of gun from a Walgreens when I was little. 
Drop a line if you do all false statements. In keeping each of the Ten Commandments. And maybe like Steve, sometimes we wonder, well, do we really have issues with the Fifth Commandment and value life? Because probably most of us have never killed someone. Um, we go through the other commandments and we say, okay, the first commandment, yeah, I've blown it there. I've put other things or other people ahead of God. Second commandment, yeah, I've taken the Lord's name in vain. Third, yep, I haven't always suspected the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Fourth, okay, I remember why I was like when I was a teenager and how I talked to my mom and dad. Okay, that one isn't too good. But the fifth commandment, we might say, well, I've never committed first degree murder or second degree murder or manslaughter. And that may be true for many of us here today. And that's the same question the people of God that Steve struggled with in our text today from Matthew chapter 5, from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus here is talking with uh, the Sadducees and the Pharisees who thought they had never broken the fifth commandment because they had never committed murder. A group of people that kind of thought they were a little bit better than others, a little less sinful than others, a little bit closer to God, they thought, because they did a better job in their minds of keeping the law in them. So what Jesus says to them, to you and me today, about the fifth commandment is this. Picking up at verse 21 from what Paul read before. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Rasta, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in the danger of the fire of hell. Now, even though many of us may not have in the classic sense as we perceive of it, broken the fifth commandment and taking a life, we need to reflect today how many of us have ever injured someone. Have we ever caused bodily harm? Have we ever insulted someone? insulted their character, impugned their reputation, gossiped about someone, called somebody a hurtful name. Have you ever, have you ever, ever called somebody a loser or idiot or stupid? Have you ever hit somebody's a bird in traffic on I-275? Have we ever demeaned someone, belittled someone, demonstrated hate towards someone or something? Well, I've got to be honest. I've got to raise my hand. I have had this command with me. I have fallen short. And I think we're honest, we all have. And that's what Jesus is saying. For the Pharisees and the you and me today, at times if you think you don't have a fifth commandment with you, he's saying, check your heart. Because if you have ever shown less than respect for the life of a fellow human being, you have broken the fifth commandment. He says it's a matter of the heart. Check your heart. And as a matter of fact, he goes on in the same chapter of Scripture, the same Sermon on the Mount, to go on to the fifth commandment. Things that the Pharisees thought they hadn't broken the fifth commandment because they never had had a physical affair on their life. And what he says to them and you and me today is if we've ever looked at somebody lustfully other than our spouse, we've committed adultery in our heart. It's a matter of the heart and value in life. Now, the Heidelberg Catechism, which comes out of the Reform tradition, says this about the Fifth Commandment. I really like the question and answer that is in that particular Catechism. It says, What is God's will for us in the Fifth Commandment? The answer, I am not to belittle, insult, hate, or kill my neighbor, 
not by my thoughts, my words, my looks, my gestures, and certainly not by my actual deeds. And I think that points us back to the ways of Jesus and that broad sweeping call that Jesus says that we are truly to value God. And there's times when we fall short, and we all do. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's the good news. He went to that cross for every life, lived or to be lived. For every wrong thing we ever have done or will do. For every time that we don't value life, the crown of God's grace and mercy is Jesus paid it all for you and me. As a matter of fact, Jesus going to the cross is the ultimate pro-life statement. There is nothing that God could do more to demonstrate His prayer of life than to take our place on the cross, die the death we deserve, rise again, that all believe in Him, to have eternal life. Then come up our God values life. He gave His life for us. God calls us to value life in the fifth commandment. From conception to death, from cradle to grave. And I think that is reflected so well in Mark chapter 12, what is known as the Great Commandment. We pick that up at verse 28, and one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, Okay, teacher of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus answers in verse 29, quoting from Deuteronomy 6, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, it says from Leviticus 19, and love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. If we truly love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our strength and all of our mind, He calls us to love all people as tough as that can be. To really view all life, all people as our neighbors. To love them as ourselves, to respect and value life, and as often as forgiveness is there when we fall short. As we wrap up our time in God's Word this morning, Paul encourages us in Colossians 3.17. And whatever we do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let us in all that we do, by the power of the Holy Spirit, respect God, value life in response to the one who gave his most valued life for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.